Hi, and welcome to Math and Musings. I'm Mike O'Connell, creator of Math and Musings, and your host. Stay tuned for 15 minutes of science, politics, news, and opinion. In other words, Math and Musings. Today's date is October 15th, 2021, and this is broadcast number 20 of our show. I appreciate your tuning in today, as I do those of you who have uh, logged in every week and checked out the programs. Every once in a while, I get uh, an update from Buzzsprout, is the name of the host company, um, and I'm pleased to report that uh, not only do I have more listeners uh, tuning in uh, every week, but it that um, our, the, the total keeps going up, but I also see an upward trend in the number of people who are uh, subscribing every week. So tell your friends, tell your enemies, I accept all comers to the podcast known as Math and Musings. It drops every Friday, drops at midnight, so if you're up late on Thursday and you're tempted, you can then, or give you something on your ride in to work on Friday as you're experiencing no traffic. It's becoming more and more the case for me as people are going back to work, right? Offices across the country, people are going back to work. And the thing that I've noticed for years is is happening again, which is Friday morning is the least amount of traffic the whole week. Friday afternoon is the most amount of traffic the whole week. How does that happen? Did, do, how do people get to work on Friday? They, they just like materialize at work on Friday and everyone drives home at the same time. Or they like, are they staying overnight at work on Thursday and they're like only coming home? I don't understand how you can only come home from work and somehow not get there. If you want to save math amusings until the end of your day on Friday, so while you're sitting in traffic, you have something pleasant. That might be a strategy as well. Today's date, as I mentioned at the top of the program, is October 15th, and it's one of those days, as was for me last week, uh, a holiday that, well, not really many people are paying attention to it. I think even fewer people are watching October 15th than we're watching October 8th, October 8th, the anniversary of Don Larson's perfect game in the World Series. If you didn't get to listen to that episode, I would go back and uh, check out that one because the end of it kind of dovetails into this one. I was talking about my dad who grew up in New York City when New York City had three Major League Baseball teams. And uh, on the subject of Michael O'Connell Sr., uh, not only do we share a name, we share a profession. We're both teachers. We both share uh, the fact that, um, well, we have uh, one wife and one child. We both have uh, a little boy who, well, you grow up and uh, you're not little anymore. And then someday you become the dad. And I'm experiencing that now. Every day, I become, on purpose or not, I become more and more like my dad. And it's just the kind of thing that happens. Like, all of us eventually become our dads. I guess if, if you're a guy, you eventually become your dad. I suppose the opposite is true as well. If, if you're a girl, you eventually become your mom. 
we all sort of become our parents. And I realize I'm not the first person to say that. There have been many movies and TV shows and commercials and books that all either celebrate or make fun of this phenomenon. We all become our parents. So today's date is uh, specific to my family, the, that of October 15th. I guess the story goes that uh, my parents bought the house that I grew up in on October 15th, 1979. They either bought it that day or that was the first day there. Or they, they closed on it that day. October 15th was always the, the anniversary that my family celebrated. It's like, oh, this was the, oh, the official date of our families moving into that house. And the rule was, growing up, back before I was making the rules, that on October 15th, or one could not turn on the heating system in our house before October 15th. I know, it's a bizarre rule, but uh, as far as I know, it's still in play now at that house. You can't, uh, you can't turn on the heat before October 15th. And I mean, there are some days in Binghamton where it's like, it's, it could be 30 degrees in September. I mean, it, it's... It's it, last time I was there. When I, uh, it's one of the recent times I was in Binghamton. It uh, no, not the last time. A previous time. It snowed at the end of April. I mean, you never know. I mean, it, it used to snow every Halloween too. But before October fifteenth, you could not put on the heat. That was the rule at the house. Now, at, at my house, and I live further south too, and it's a smaller house to heat. Like, I turn on the heat whenever I want. Like if it's if it's September but it's cold, I'm putting on the heat. My house. My rules. Um, there are a number of traditions that I have upheld as like, now that I'm the dad, th that is not one of them. <laughs> you turn on the heat or you turn on the AC whenever you need to. Others I've picked up on. That was an example right there. I just had a slip of delicious coffee, that uh, cream and sugar. That was the Michael O'Connell Sr. style. Taking it light and sweet. Me personally, I drink my coffee black. Like, if I if I want to drink coffee, I'm gonna drink coffee. I haven't bought into the you know the the Starbuckification of America, in which coffee now first of all it's like eight dollars, and it's more like a milkshake. Uh, these the bizarre creations that uh, coffee companies pass off as coffee. It's not just Starbucks. I mean, it, it's everywhere now. I mean, you get fancy coffees at McDonald's that um, I take my coffee black most of the time. And if I'm, if I'm putting stuff in there, I, I do think of my dad, who was kind of on the cutting edge, that, that uh, dressing up his coffee uh, you know, a half a century ago. I think most people, I'd say the, uh, the usual trend is when you're young, you, you put uh, sweeteners and such in your coffee. And then uh, to me, like it's old people drinking black coffee. No, my, my dad was the other way. Or I guess I should say I'm the other way. I'm drinking black now. And even little things like that. Mention something as insignificant as the coffee. You know, it makes me think of my dad. And the things that I want to replicate with my own family now that, now that I'm the dad, right? It's that old story. You eventually become the, that piece of the puzzle. Like you were the kid. And now you're the dad. And it especially lines up for me because it was just mom, dad, son. I have the same arrangement. Those three people live at my house now too. 
and uh, being in the same occupation uh, helps a little bit as well. That um, and, and my dad and I, not only did we both become teachers, we kind of took an unusual route. I've, I've told this before uh, many times that uh, the reason my dad became a school teacher was, at, you know, he wasn't fresh out of college. It was, uh, oh, let's see, he's 25, I think, and I had been doing other things and was studying to become a psychologist. He's still, um, well, it'd be hard for him to go back to school now, have being deceased for 15 years, but uh, to the day he died was still only like a couple credits short of his doctorate degree in psychology. The reason he did not become a psychologist was that the jobs for psychologists in 1967 were only available in this place called Vietnam and was not interested in doing that. Decided instead to become a high school English teacher and stuck with it uh, for the next 30 years. retired, I think, had a nice life, retired, and uh, continued uh, being the, the tennis coach and the school board member and Rotary Club member and, and all those uh, all those nice suburban things that we do uh, when we are older, uh, playing the golf league, you know, hang out with your, your grown-up kid, and uh, hang out with, drink coffee with your uh, your, your old man friends when you're retired. I, I aspire someday. For me, it was, uh, well, I, I tried a number of different occupations. I'm on uh, occupation about number seven or eight right now, you know, uh, work in an office, work in a restaurant, be a college professor, be a professional musician, the newspaper, TV, radio. Finally got into teaching. I've talked about this many times before. One, when I realized that teaching K through 12 pays you more money than teaching college, and it should, because it's way harder, it's way more of a challenge to teach K through 12 and teach college, of course they're gonna give you more money. I appreciate the challenge um, and got kind of got into the business when I was doing uh, summer camp with uh, teenagers, kind of, kind of fell into that one once when I just needed a job in the summer. And most of the people there were substitute teachers during the school year and said something along the lines of, look, Mike, if you can handle this in the summer, being, you know, Mr. Wizard or Bill Nye the Science Guy, you know, just go back to school. They're, they're desperate for teachers, you know, just, you know, a year or so of like night school and going on the weekends, you get your certification. That's what I ended up doing. And I, I always fancied myself the, the history teacher, or the social studies teacher, but well, everyone wants to be the social studies teacher and those gigs are tough to get. Uh, I steered toward being the math teacher, nobody wants to be the, the math teacher, especially middle school. Who wants to be the middle school math teacher? Well, I, I don't mind it. I, I like math. I've talked before about how I got my start in math, and it started with my love of baseball. This is pre-Moneyball, and w- when everyone started looking at sports statistics, I was that guy. I, I was like the young Brad Pitt or you know Billy Bean in, in the movie, or, or actually more like one of the geeky-looking statistician people, like looking at the stats and turning the baseball card over and looking at the stats, and it's amazing to me now the amount of information via the internet that one can obtain that's updated constantly. Like every second, all these sports statistics are being updated online, whereas you used to have to wait for a piece of cardboard with these things printed on the back, or the baseball encyclopedia, which came about out about once every seven years, didn't have a... like. 
it didn't have a thimble's worth of water like compared to the ocean uh, <laughs> that is available to you now. Hustle's my route into uh, being the math teacher. There was a, a day in which, this is when I was subbing, there was a day in which uh, the lesson was to take, to, to create an algorithm coming up with like a, a, basically a new quarterback r rating and using, using algebra to do so. And when I saw that and a lesson the teacher left for me, I'm like, wait, this is what you can do as a math teacher? This is for me. This is for me, that was like the aha moment, like I can do this, I can be the math teacher. And um, let me follow in my dad's footsteps. And my, my dad's been gone for 15 years, but, but over that time I, I've pieced together like things that he, he would have told me if he were around. Everyone has like their rules my father taught me. And I published an official list of these in 2015 and I will recite that for you now. The thing is, these, these rules are not noble, they are not necessarily decent, they are practical, and above all, genuine. These are the real rules my father taught me, though he never actually said any of them. And to my son, I give these rules as well, and to all of you, these are the rules my father taught me. Number one, put yourself first. Number two, never let work get in the way of your hobbies. Number three, make sure other people are more indebted to you than you are to them. Number four, stash away as much money as possible. Number five, but if you really want something, you should buy it. Number six, the only person you can really trust is yourself. Number seven, there is no need to meddle in the lives of others. Number eight, it doesn't matter what other people think of you, including your relatives, friends, and coworkers. Number nine, when in doubt, consult rule number one. By the way, rule number one is put yourself first. And number 10, every once in a while, do something selfless and generous just to keep people on their toes. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have enjoyed this broadcast of Math and Musings. Tune in next Friday for more, well, helpful advice. Math and Musings is presented by Michael O'Connell Jr. That's me. For more information or to contact, well, you can go to MikeOConnellJr.com. <laughs>